Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The breaking news. Uh, we'll start with a little bit of breaking news that uh, Congressman Patrick McHenry uh, not going to run for re-election in the uh, North Carolina 10th Congressional District. Um it was reported, it's now being reported by various entities. No confirmation yet as far as I have seen yet from his office, but uh, I have it uh, from a source uh, that, uh, that, that is confirmed. Um, there's no decision on what's going, what he's going to be doing next, however. Now we're going to see some movement of the candidates, probably Pat Harrigan um, out of the 14th, maybe go back up to the 10th district, run up there, clears the field a little bit more. So it's a two-man race, Tim Moore versus Eric Levinson in the... Uh, 14th. So we'll keep track of that. Uh, candidate filing is underway. Um, also underway right now is uh, the uh, uh, the bike drive. It's our 30th annual John Hancock's bike rides, uh, bike, sorry, not bike rides, bike drive, the uh, bike drive for kids and uh, 30 years. So I figured, you know what, what, what better way than to uh, bring the guy who we named the thing after into the studio. And so all your listeners right now are going, oh, man, I wanted to know Pete's opinion on so-and-so. I don't want to hear Hancock. Nobody wants to know my opinion on it. <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, so you're doing all right, John? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. It's the 30th year. Yeah. If I find that, I mean, every now and then I just got to sit down for a second and think to myself, holy smokes, three decades. Um, they just all kind of fall together. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who the anchor was that said it, but does the days go slow, years go fast. Mm. And I've always remembered that because that's exactly right. Um, sometimes when you're having a bad day, you don't think it'll ever end, and then all of a sudden, it's three years later. Yeah, it's, it's been almost three years since Sharon Sanders passed away, mm-hmm. and uh, she's the one that kind of started all of this. Kids first, and the bike drive, and uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, and none of us has the guts to stop because we know we disappoint her even in her absence. Yeah, um, and it's a good thing. And it's happening in our parking lot here at WBT and WBTV, which, uh, why didn't we do this before? We did it last year. Nobody but, asked me. Yeah. I Well, you were up in Nashville. Why didn't we do it in Nashville? Dude, I was here for like 11 years. Yeah, I faintly remember you. 12 years I was here. I was for one of them going That's under right. You were that irritating little guy that used to sit next to me down there in the in the yeah in the bullpen down there. Which now have you C-A-L-E-N-D-A like C A L E N D A is A R E R. That's right, A R calendar. Yeah, you like what they've done with the place downstairs? Well, I haven't I haven't been down there since they I I ripped my wall down. And uh, it's storage. It's I all have, just piled up. With it, stuff. Okay, well then I have seen that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have seen that, and I know the sports director of the sports station has his office down there in the uh, the greatest office in the building, really. Which uh, one is that? I think the far corner one that a thousand years ago John Kilgo used to operate. If you go downstairs and you go through all the mess, and, yeah, you know, to, to where the, Bob and Sherry used to be, to the far corner, yeah, that, that's I think that's where he is. Okay, okay, and it's a great office, yeah, because one, nobody just happens to walk by. No, no time burglars catch you there. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to take a nap, you could. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I have no reason to believe that uh, radio uh, program directors don't have time for that. So. No. No, not at all. Um, so, uh, bike drive, the bike drive for kids, the bikes for kids event. Um, so we can, we, we can hit on other stuff. Well, first let me, uh, before we get to the bikes, let me ask you, what, what are your, you got any thoughts on this, uh, this news about Patrick McHenry? I mean, you, 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 I'm sure have interviewed him over know. the years. Did you ever interview him? This, uh, no, I, not that I remember. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that there's all sorts of semi-level-headed guys, semi-level-headed people that are starting to question whether or not it's uh, it's worth the grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's and, been there a while. Yeah, I I know, and I and I think at one point uh, it's it's kind of like building a house, and uh, and nothing ever seems to be going up. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's, it's just like you're always working on the foundation, but uh, you never get to the walls. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you just say, you know what? If we're not going to actually have a structure here, then uh, I, I, there's, there, there's, maybe there's better ways for me to serve. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, he has not told, told me anything. I've seen no statement yet from his office. I, I mean, I just figured, what, I guess three weeks as Speaker of the House, and he's like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I don't think I've actually interviewed him. I have been in the studio with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know that I've actually ever just sat around one-on-one. But Mm -hmm. then I've I've been gone for four years, so uh, it's hard for me to remember. I found a tape the other day uh, going through a bunch of stuff of mine, and it said, uh, Bob Hope interview. The real Bob Hope. How, yeah. Not that fake one from... How do you forget that you interviewed Bob Hope? <laughs> <laughs> well, to your point earlier, it was, uh, you know, days... Was it days go by slowly, years go by quickly? My yeah. dad had told me you start... You uh, you mark time when you're young. You mark it in hours and days. As you get older, it's, turn, it's, it's weeks and months. Yeah. And then it's seasons and years. And... That's where I'm at now. It's like I'm getting to the point where it's like, oh, here we are. It's like winter season is here. You know, it's like now I'm starting to notice the change of seasons as the sort of big markers and how I try to think back on in like I I find myself kind of amazed when you just said 30 years when I say, oh, you know, I oh, I remember this story. I was covering these people and I think back and I do the math and it was 20 years ago. That's when I was a reporter here 20 years ago. Well, you used to do a weekly at night with Wheeler. Lynn Wheeler. Yeah, when I got the uh, when I got the, so how the long, nine to midnight show. How long ago was that? Uh, that would have been oh eight, oh nine. Yeah, see that just fifteen sounds years, ludicrous, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the years don't sound that far away. When I say, oh, you know, the twenty twelve election, you know, no big deal. That was a twenty twelve election, Mitt Romney. You remember it, right? I don't want to be. Uh, that one was of a those, decade. One of those people that uh, starts off all their conversations with, "Well, I'm nine hundred and twenty two years old, but I just turned seventy one. Why would you say that on my show, John? Well, uh, only because I'm so amazed by it. <laughs> right. Um, I hate it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, 70, 70 is the only birthday I've ever had in my life that slowed me down for a couple of days. Too much I, alcohol or something? What, you party no, too much? probably not enough. No. <laughs> um, it's, just a, it's just all of a sudden a number that I just never fathomed. Mm-hmm. 60, 65 was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 65 was almost comical because the answer to any little kid is, you know, what is old? It's, it's always 65. 
So you, you, you can't fight it anymore when you're 65. Uh, you just joined the club, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 70, was that, that's a number that, I don't know. You know it, Even the government says you're old at that point. Oh, yeah. I got asked the other day when I was at the grocery store whether I get the senior discount. I'm 49. What's up with that, man? And I got all indignant about it, and I'm walking through the parking lot, and I was like, dang it. I could have got a discount. See, and I'm, I'm an idiot. The, I'm at the point now where people say, "Okay, and you, I assume you get the senior discount." So, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and although I was at Tybee Island a few weeks ago, and they carded me, <laughs> and uh, I asked her to marry me, I, 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 I told Susan, "We, I, I may have to get rid of you." <laughs> um, and uh, and then her German Shepherd got uh, between the two of us, and that was that. All right. All right. John Hancock, formerly here of uh, WBT's, uh, well, was there a shift you did not do? The morning show. You did not do the morning show? No. Because you did three? I did, I did nine to noon. You did nine to noon. I actually got started at 10 to 1, and then nine to noon, and then four to six. Um, and uh, then I did, did mornings at uh, another radio station. At another station. I was on time off for. Uh, I, I had a timeout. I was you, on, you, you were on timeout. Yeah, everybody, everybody, most of the people in this building have had some timeout. We we all leave. We all come back. That's right. So so then you, you so you did mornings over there. Then you came back and you were doing three three to six. No six to nine. No uh, yeah yeah six to nine p.m. And then I would come on after you for a while when I did nine to midnight. And, and it's funny how many um, people I still hear from uh, that used to listen at night. That's mm-hmm. where you understand the power of WBT, mm-hmm. because the nighttime signal is, I mean, I got to know the guys at WCBS up in New York pretty well, because they would they would call us at night. Uh, I just always thought that was the coolest thing, that the news guys up at uh, WCBS were uh, listening. Yeah. And then we had the one guy that we only talked to him two or three times because he couldn't get out of Cuba, but I, there was a guy in Cuba that used to call us when his phone would work, when the government would allow it to work, you know, one of those type of things. Yeah. But uh, to sit there and talk to a guy from Cuba was uh, interesting, or somebody uh, across the border in Canada, or you know, Biloxi, Mississippi, or I mean, that, that's as close as I've ever felt to being Larry King. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's true. I, I've got a, a one of uh, one of my most ardent long term uh, followers is John from New Jersey, and he started listening when I was nine to midnight, and he just followed me, kept listening when I went to Asheville, and keeps listening when I'm back here. There's no sin in doing nights on WBT. Uh uh-uh. Um And I, 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 Henry told me that originally. Um, but you know, Bob Lacey and Henry and uh, and all the people that have done nights. Uh, it's actually a. It, 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 it's like linebacker you at Penn State. It's uh, It's actually a, a lot of good talent has gone through nights in this radio station. Plus me. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, yeah, and, and you time. too, right? And me too. <laughs> so, all right. So, speaking of uh, long time and long term, and things that have been going on a long time here at WBT, the uh, the bike drive's been going on a long time. So, and uh, probably, uh, you got anywhere to be for the next next segment too? No, not necessarily. Oh, all right, because I'm looking at the yeah, clock. I, I, and I don't think your you... listeners would rather you uh, get back to uh, what you do rather than uh, nah. Uh, I don't have any listeners talking to the has been. No, no, I've seen the ratings. I uh, t- I tend to uh, disagree <laughs> with that. So. Because I just know, like, I'm going to ask you, so tell you, uh, tell us how all of the, the kids first bike drive, how it all started. And I'm looking at the clock, and you got like a minute and a half. Go. No. So that's why I want to make sure I give you more time. 
Somebody called me one time from Statesville, said they had three kids that got abandoned uh, by their mother up in uh, Statesville, and uh, I was on my way to go pick them up to bring them down here to, to, to do what? I have no idea. And I went out in the lobby, and I started talking uh, to the receptionist, and there was a blonde-haired woman out there, uh, and she started asking me questions, and it was Sharon Sanders. And Sharon Sanders had started this organization called uh, Shelter Medical, which later became Kids First. And within 10 minutes, she had these kids a place to stay, coats to wear, food to eat, so on and so forth. And then she told me about this party she threw for kids uh, that she and her husband had started, you know, taking care of 10 families a year and then 20 families a year. And uh, when I met her, she was taking care of 100 kids or something like that. So I went to the party and I saw all of this, including those three kids from Statesville. And... um, and I, uh, Sharon passed away uh, two or three years ago, and uh, I never even knew she was sick. Hmm. And uh, I'd been with her for 27 years. It's my legacy. But it's also my heart. Um, uh, I've seen these kids uh, see these bikes, uh, and people say, why don't you take used bikes? Because these kids have never had anything new in their entire lives. They've always had hand-me-downs. And I, I, I want their, I want their bike to still have uh, the tags on the handlebars, uh, and that's what we do. And one year we raised thirty five hundred bikes. We had, we had gotten way too big for ourselves, um, and uh, and then then I had the the medical problem, and uh, and COVID hit at the same time. So mm-hmm. there was a year that uh, the Panthers uh, bailed us out. And uh, held the bike drive, and then I uh, came back and worked with the Panthers one year, and then last year we hooked up with WBT. And so this year, next Friday, five to nine o'clock, here at our WBT WBTV studios. This Friday, uh, we'll uh, this Friday, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll uh, be collecting bikes and uh, twenty inches, any big box store, uh, you can get them for less than a hundred bucks. If you got a few extra bucks, buy me a bigger bike. Uh, if you want to go lower than that, get me a trike. But uh, bring us a bike between five and nine o'clock, uh, and you'll—it's it, great fun. I mean, there's usually a line of cars that we got our lulls and our uh, quiet moments, but uh, uh, there's there's times when the cars are lined up fifteen and twenty deep, and uh, it's just it's just the spirit of camaraderie and and what the holidays are all about. And to me, what radio should be all about is that we that we use our power to uh, uh, to benefit our community, uh, and I don't think radio does that enough. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out john hancock in studio with me we were talking about how we get our news and all of that stuff and john was was telling me very sad stories about how he doesn't get any more newspaper subscriptions you don't do well i miss the wall street journal i can't justify spending the money on it anymore Uh um and that's not to say we're necessarily hurting but it's it, it just doesn't make that sense for me to spend that kind of money a month uh 
so I do miss the wall. I especially like their editorial page. It just it, it yeah. talked to me better than anybody else did. Didn't mean that I believed everything I read in it, it, it but it, it spoke to me better than uh, anything else. This actually started with us looking at the TVs here, and I, I told you I have not watched five minutes of CNN or Fox since I retired four years ago. I mm-hmm. just haven't. Unless there's something absolutely immediate, uh, if uh, if Hamas has just attacked Israel, then I yeah I may turn on uh, CNN to right uh, figure out what's going on, but uh, or, or to justify that the story is real or whatever. But uh, uh, I don't follow news. I don't read news. I don't uh, do it the way I, that I used to. Uh, uh, and it, that was the hard part about doing a radio shot talk show is that you had to decipher or you had to find something and then determine whether it was true or not. Right. Uh, and that's where I used to say there are more places now to get information and less chances of getting the truth than ever before. The problem is, I think, <clears throat> part of this is that it's, uh, and, and I always try to approach stories and issues to see them from multiple angles because, like, I, I, I really, I do believe, like, there is, yes, the truth, capital T, truth, right? Like, there is what actually happened. I, I do believe that. I, I am a sort of an absolutist. I'm not a relativist. I do believe there is truth. But at at our level, the way we perceive things, there are always three sides, right? There's We can both witness the exact same thing or be involved in the same thing, and your takeaway, your perception is going to be the truth, quote-unquote, as to what happened to you. I'm going to see it a different way, maybe largely similarly, but maybe a little bit differently. And then there's actually the truth of what happened. And you get closer to the truth of what happened with the more people that you get perspectives from. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the more people that are contributing to that, and that's why I always tell people, and I have for years, get your news from multiple sources, right? Because you can watch CNN and you can watch Fox. They do the same story, although nowadays it's becoming less and less true. They actually do just covering different stories. They avoid they, they avoid the same story. Yeah. yeah. And so you can kind of get a good idea of like, well, what is, maybe the truth is somewhere in between or a little bit of both. You know? Well, and truth is, like you just said, it's more of a perception. It's, it's you know, am I looking at a picture of a sunrise or a sunset? Mm-hmm. Um, because it could be either one. Um, I think your own common sense has to come to it uh, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of you have some and some of you don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> not so common. Um, all right, so uh, John Hancock is in studio with me because we've been talking about the uh, the bike drive. Uh, among other things, we're, it's all, we're all over the place. Kind of like John Hancock's show uh, used to be. Kind of like mine is now. Um, so the the point here, though, is that on Friday, December 8th, we are going to be collecting the bicycles for kids. And all of these bikes stay local, right? They do. I, I mean, I, there's some that go to Monroe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so on and so, so yeah, I don't want to I, I give anybody the impression that we're not uh, helping some surrounding communities and uh, so on and so forth. We uh I don't think we are any longer, uh, not for any reason, but uh, we uh, supported the Lumbee Indians for a while mm-hmm. uh, and used to send uh, pallets of uh, bicycles out there because they got nothing. They would have a Christmas party, uh, and it would be a cake. And uh, we found out about that uh, through uh, Dolph Ramzur, uh, who manages the Avid Brothers and so on and so forth. And, uh, and so we uh, put up 100 and bikes or something like that on the back of a pallet and, uh, and wheeled it on out to the Lumbee uh, Indians. And uh, it was the coolest thing you ever saw in your life. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I don't want anybody to think that, that they're staying within city limits. No, no, no. I, I mean, Charlotte, the, the Charlotte but, area. But they're regional yeah, kids, yeah. 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 Um, and so one of the questions I had when you were talking about meeting Sharon, was she in the lobby here by coincidence? Or 
was she I here? Don't, I don't specifically remember why she was here. She was here trying to do something or trying to get the word out or or something or another. Okay. Um, and uh, I went out to talk to the receptionist and uh, tell her, listen, um, I'm, I'm going up to Statesville. I'm picking up these three kids. I'm just, and then this blonde woman uh, was listening, and she started asking me these questions. I can remember in my mind me thinking to myself, lady, I, I, I got something. I'm working, I, leave, leave me alone. Right. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of working on something like this. But anyway, I continued to share information with her, and she uh, she started making some phone calls. And uh, I never did get to Statesville because those kids got taken care of. In fact, those kids came to the Christmas party right. that year, uh, and that's how I met Sharon. And then uh, I went to the Christmas party and watched uh, them do everything they could feed entertain um at the end of the whole thing they'd go to one of these doors that was designated with their initial on it uh, you know uh, uh f through h or something like that and they'd pick up a big bag of presents and then they'd go out in the parking lot and there would be at the time 25 50 bikes parked there and the kid would be able to pick out which bike he wanted uh, at the end there, when we were taking care of 3,500 kids, we'd put out 250, 300 bikes at a time, and these kids would come out of the party with their bag of presents, and uh, all of a sudden you'd walk them into the middle of a parking lot with 300 bikes around them and say, whichever one you want. It was the coolest thing to watch in your whole life. And these kids have never gotten anything in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a kid would run over and grab some bike, and he'd wheel it about four feet, and all of a sudden he'd look over to his left, and he'd see a bike that he liked a little bit better, and he'd... You put the kickstand down on the one that he had and go over there and grab the other one. It was, uh, it's, I don't know, uh, it's Christmas, it's kids, it's what, it's what Christmas technically, as I say, it's what Christmas is technically all about. It, that's not what Christmas technically is all about. Christmas is technically about uh, Jesus Christ, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I hope we don't forget that either. Well, but it's also, I mean, this is the, the Christmas season, the spirit of giving, and that's, you know, it. it it gets to the you know the question of why do bad things happen to good people, and it's because through other sufferings that we're called to serve, and that's what that, I mean. That is part of the message. That's part of when you when you give gifts like this, you're serving other people. I don't want to sound like an old hippie, but I, I do believe but, in some <laughs> form of karma. Yeah, that if you spend your uh, at least part of your life doing good things for other people, good things happen to you. And I. Uh, I, I can't really pinpoint uh, some of the people I know that have uh, just had horrendous things happen to them and so on and so forth and say that's because you've never done anything nice for anybody else in your life. But it kind of makes me wonder sometimes. I, well, I do believe that. I, I do subscribe to that, not for a karma reason, uh, but for Christian reason. I mean, it is, it, it, you can call it pay it forward or whatever, but you know, times where I have, uh, where I have given and I have donated, I usually get back. Well, I cannot explain it, like, I, it, but it's almost without fail. The thing is, my dad calls them God winks, um, but you just have, you, you have to look for it. You have to look for the the return, which it, like, and sometimes it's pretty obvious. Uh, one year, I gave away a guitar, my guitar, because a kid, at, uh, a guy at work, was training uh, this girl, but she couldn't practice because she had no guitar, and so he was asking about, do you have a, you know, where I could find a guitar for a young kid? And I said, well, actually. I have a guitar. It's a three-quarter size guitar because my buddy gave it to me after he broke mine. So he just gave me this guitar. It was a three-quarter size, so it was always kind of hard to play. And I said, just take it. Give it to the kid. That's fine. She's going to be able to play it better. Fast forward a week, 
we're at a charity event. I'm hosting, and I just throw some money in the kitty there for the raffle thing just to help boost the raffle, you know, and I get drawn, and I win a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so, Well, I've had reporters say, why do you keep doing this? And, and, and technically, and I've answered a few of them truthfully and said, for me, because it makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and I like doing things for uh, I'm a crier anyway but when I see people doing things for other people it gets to me mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, I hate that I'm that way and I love that I'm that way all at the same time so purely for uh, social media branding purposes would you like to stick around for the final segment so I can just say this whole hour with John Hancock well yeah but then you may end up with me until 3.30 tomorrow because that's when I'm supposed to be on with Winterbull so <laughs> I may just I may, I may just uh, do the whole show with me. We're going to get into uh, city council. You want to, you got any comments on that? No, all right. No, no. Now I remember I do have to leave. <laughs> I try not to. So I try not ever to hold people over unless I got a pretty good indication that they can stick around because I never want to make them appear to be the bad guy by saying no. Not only that, but you got me on a day where I'm wearing long pants. That never happens. And anymore. a blazer. And a blazer. Well, that's because you did TV. It, well, and uh, yeah, I, I did, a, did a TV thing before we came in. Right. So let's not if make I had it sound a tie like on it'd be a funeral. Right. Let's not uh, yeah, let's let's not make it sound like you you put on pants for me. No, no. <laughs> pants with an artificial leg though are a pain in the butt, I got to tell you. Are they really? Oh, you're trying to get it oh, over, over the, the yeah. over the thing, yeah. It's like oh my gosh, yeah. And I've got to take that leg off to get in the car cuz I I am a left foot driver. I've got a left gas pedal and a technology I sent the car when I bought it because uh, I had a truck uh, a little bit too tall for me to when they amputated the leg. Mm-hmm. So I, went, I bought a Honda CRV, not to give them a free commercial, but it was just right but That's height. not your show. Whatever. And um, <laughs> yeah, find me. Um, and I sent it down to a company in Tampa, and they installed a left gas pedal. Hmm. And when you turn the car on, there's a little green button on the dashboard that flashes, and you push that, and it reverts to left foot drive. And you did this because of the amputee, uh, when you lost the leg, yeah. the amputated leg? But if my wife starts the car, she doesn't hit the green button, and the car drives the way that drives. it's supposed to. So how hard was that, learning to drive with the left foot? Because before the amputation, you did not drive well, with the left foot. A lot of people drive with their left foot and and drag it, you know, from the right pedal to the gas. I That, that seemed almost impossible to me. Yeah, I know. It I've took seen a little people... bit of practice. They were building the middle school in uh, Belmont. Uh, at the time, and so we had a whole parking lot where I could go down and uh, practice. Yeah, and I remember at one point after I got uh, fairly confident in what I was doing, uh, we drove into the neighborhood, and there was a lady uh, pushing a baby cart with a dog attached to it. And I thought, if you people only knew how close to your lives were to be <laughs> to this be over the final exam. <laughs> yeah. um, so when I finally passed them, and we had all survived, it was a, it was a big moment. Um, but it's it's fine now. I've just got to be careful not to hit the gas and the and the brake all at the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, you were here to talk about bicycles. I think we've we've talked a little bit and we've been promoting it too. And look, if you want to know more about the bike driving, go to wbt.com. Hancock's 30th annual Bikes for Kids. It's presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Woody's Auto Service, by the way. Thank you to them for uh, opening up all of their 14 local uh, shops as drop-off points as well. Which so we appreciate big. that. That's huge. And uh, Or come on out Friday, 5 to 9 p.m. John will be there. I'll be out there. All of the folks from BT and WBTV are partners down the hall. Jamie Bowl, 
uh, that dude his, loads bikes like crazy. Oh, he worked his tail off yeah. last year, and he's he's just a really decent man. Yeah, come so, on uh, out, and so he'll be out too. So please come by and see us five to nine o'clock. John, good to see you. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it.